0: Okay, Acts chapter 1, let's jump in. I'm going to read from my very holy anointed iPad, which I just cracked the screen there in the back a little bit ago, but that's all right, because God is still good. Come on. Acts chapter 1, it means nothing. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. He's like, what does he always talk about his cracked screen? I have issues, okay? Acts chapter 1, verse 3. It says, after his suffering. I'm going to read from the scripts. After his suffering, just heads up, I'm going to read some verses. We'll pray, and then I'll kind of lay a groundwork, a framework of where we're going today. So if you like, what is he talking about? I'll explain it in just a minute. After his suffering, after Easter, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave the holy city of Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about over and over again. For John baptized with water in the back parking lot in a little tub. Hello. (laughs) But in a few days, I just got to say, yeah, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, oh, uh, Jesus, so are you, at, is it this, this is the time, right? You're going to restore the kingdom of God to, to Israel right now, right? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set for LA Lakers to be good again and the Rams to win a Super Bowl, but his own authority. But you will receive, verse eight, this is kind of the, the, the big verse today. But you will receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and San Diego and San Bernardino and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up in the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white with a Guns N' Roses t-shirt stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Two, two angels show up at the end of the story and they're dressed in white. And they said to the guys watching Jesus, he's riding the escalator up to heaven. And, and they said, guys, why? Why are you standing here? Don't you realize, in the same way that he left in glory, one day he will return in glory. Anybody thankful and excited for the day and the coming of our Lord Jesus? And I'll tell you, though he may tarry, though we have waited for years and years for the coming of the Lord, that doesn't mean we lose expectation or we lose excitement because in the same way that he left in glory, we believe one day he'll return in glory. Amen? And maybe we won't see that day. If we won't see that day, we'll just boom, beam me up, go to heaven ourselves. But we, the Bible says that the spirit of the Zoe church, the spirit of the church says, come quickly in that same glory you left. We believe one day you'll return. Amen? Amen. I want to preach a message today. Part one of our new series, the aftermath of grace, the aftermath of Easter. I want to preach a message today. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called, I am whatever you say I am. I am whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, why would you... I have issues. Okay. Let's pray and let's believe that God will speak to us today. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for our church. Thank you for these times that we can gather together and be strengthened and be encouraged. God, we're asking that this morning you would open up our eyes so we can see your son, open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit, do what only you can do amidst us and amongst us. Thank you, God, for your love and your forgiveness, and your grace, and your healing. We speak it over every person that's here today, and God, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we are praying for the Los Angeles Rams. God, we pray that their first year here in LA, they will win a Super Bowl. God, we we thank you that we will one day celebrate another championship again in LA, in Jesus' name, and we all said together. Are there any LA Rams fans here today? Any LA Rams fans? We have have five LA Rams fans. But when they win the Super Bowl, everybody going to be an L.A. Rams fan with the hat and the hoodie. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Shout out to the Rams. Go Rams. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if you're like if you're really into this. This is like Julia and I. This is like one of our favorite things in the whole world. It, it, when you go to something like you go to an event, you go to a wedding, you go to something cool. The best part of going it's not the social interactions, not the food there, it's not the people there, it's not any of that stuff. The, the be- my favorite part, this is my favorite part. My favorite part is getting back to the house and, and, and having in and out way too late when we shouldn't have it and, and, and having what we call the debrief. You get back this is, if you're single. This is this is the worst part. You're missing out on and, and the, the the best part is is we get to, we get to come back and and we debrief. It was the worst last Sunday. We had the best Easter. It was four services, it was incredible. All these people getting saved. All this it was an incredible day. But the worst part was I had to get on a flight to go to Australia last Sunday night. So we finished the last service. I race to the airport. We get through you know customs and everything, and we get on the plane. I'm so tired from the whole day. I fall asleep on the plane, and I'm like, this is the worst because. we... We don't get to debrief. I just got to go to, you know, the mock shocks and crocodiles. And um, and so so I get on the plane, and I'm thinking we're leaving, and it's a late flight, and, and I fall asleep because I'm so tired. When I wake up, I'm like, huh, do, are we already there? The, the the plane hadn't taken off yet, and and we I've fallen asleep, but we've been sitting there on a the tarmac forever, and we actually had to come back. So we get off the plane. Three hours later at 2.30 in the morning, they tell us our flight isn't going to, to, to leave today. We're going to have to leave tomorrow. This was the worst news but it was like the best news cuz I'm like all right that's fine I get to go out to to breakfast with my wife tomorrow and we get to debrief Easter and talk about hey did, did you see so and so hey what you, what was so and so wearing that was mad weird and um and we get to debrief the whole thing is the best just, just talking and and laughing and deep talking about everything that happened and 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 you know who was there this is one of my favorite things in the whole world is after an event after something huge after something monumental the, the debrief is 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 my favorite. Jesus, where we're picking up the story, Jesus, after he, he died for the sins of the world, after he went to the grave, after he defeated sin and death, Jesus comes up from the grave and spends 40 days debriefing with the disciples, talking about what has just taken place, talking about the reality of how then shall we live post-death Post-resurrection. How, what does this imply? How how great was it? Maybe they got together and go, man, Jesus, that last supper, man, that was so good. Yo, that pita and hummus, that was bomb. Yo, Jesus, yo, was it kind of weird when you were washing my feet? I know my feet are mad mad nasty. kind. They're debriefing. Yo, Jesus, wasn't that crazy when Judas sold you? I always knew I always knew he was a punk sellout. <laughs> yo, yo, Jesus, man, wasn't that crazy, yo, when they whipped you? I was like, dang, yo, they really whipping you. You know, like they're debriefing the whole thing. And for 40 days, Jesus sits with the disciples and he explains a new way of life, a new way of living for 40 days. He says, okay, this is how we live now from now on the kingdom. Watch what he was preaching to them. He was talking about the kingdom of God. And he said, the kingdom will go forward through the gospel. In other words, church, the church does not advance Minus Jesus, the church only advances through the message of Jesus. He says the church will advance, the kingdom will advance through the message of the gospel, the good news that no longer are we under the law, no longer are we condemned by our sins, no longer do we not have access to the Father. No, the good news is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, and and watch what he says, and not only is the gospel going to be preached, but now the kingdom must be displayed and advanced in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus spent 40 days debriefing with these guys, with this crew of saying, now, the way we go forward is through the gospel and the demonstration of the power of God. I wanna preach today and talk about post-resurrection, post-Easter, post-grace, post the cross. How then shall we live now that we have all this grace? How then shall we live Now that we have this new identity, write down number one. I'm gonna give you a few thoughts today. Write down number one, our identity. What changed because of the cross and the resurrection is that we have a new identity. Our identity is now in him. It's the worst. Yesterday, I landed back in the States from Australia. And when when you land back in America, and it's the best feeling in the whole world, when you land back on U.S. soil, somebody say amen. And I got back to America, and you know, you go to those little machines, and you put your passport down, and they ask you to take off your hat. You've just flown for 15 hours. And they say, take off your hat and your glasses. That's like my identity. And they say, take your hat and your glasses off, so we see how nasty you look after a flight. So you take it off, and you put your Passport there, and then they they they, they, it electronically gets to your height, and they take your photo, which is the worst photo of you known to man. Don't show this photo to anybody. If you post that photo on social media, people are going to come to your house and find you. You, everybody looks bad, and so so they they went to go take my photo. Well, something was wrong with my passport. Something is wrong with my thing. In this moment, I start to panic a little bit. I start to freak out. Like I start to get you know like palms sweaty, knees. Anyway, spaghetti, all that stuff. And I'm like, "Oh gosh, oh gosh, what did I do? I got mouthwash in my bag. This is the worst. I'm going to prison. I'm going to prison. I love my sons, I love my daughter. This is the worst. I'm going to I'm going to jail." And 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 and, and, and they're checking my identity. I don't know about you, but all my forms of identity, I have wrong information on it. Like my license doesn't have the right address. My passport don't have the right. I got stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like I remember years ago when I got my first license, my dad filled out the information. My dad, my own father filled out the information. He's like, my my son, six foot four. I'm not six four, I'm six two. If I'm six four, I could dunk. I can't dunk to save my soul. So I'm six two. He's like six two, 195. 195? 195? If I was on HGH, I couldn't wait 195. If I, was, if I was on creatine, I couldn't wait 195. So, so all my information's wrong. So I started to panic low key. I got a broken chip in my passport. And I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to explain to the passport, you know, the, the borders custom control people, uh, who I am, my identity. I want to tell you today that post the cross, you have a new identity. That your identity is not of your own. Your identity is of the son. You are in Christ now. And let me just give you a few things that change with your identity. Now in Jesus, you are seated in heavenly places. So you, number one, you're seated. Watch what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter chapter two. It says, it says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. It says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Watch this next verse. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in other words, God gave you the best seat of the house. God did not stick you in the nosebleeds because you've got an anger issue or because you've got a substance addiction or because you've got things in your moral character. God didn't seat you according to your behavior or how much you give to the church. God seated you in heavenly places because you are now in Christ. So number one, you're seated. Number two, you're hidden in Christ. You are now hidden. When God looks at you, he can't even see you because now when he sees you, all he sees is Jesus. Watch what the Bible says if you don't believe me. It says, set your minds on the things above, not on the earthly things. Watch the next verse. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. My two-year-old who's unsaved (laughs) needs Jesus. My two-year-old, he, he's, he's always taking his brother's binky, my six-month-old. He's a, he's a binky thief. He's a robber. And we're always, my wife and I, we're always hiding the binkies. You ever hide something and forget where you hid it? We're always mad in our home, walking around like, where did I put that binky? The baby's crying. I'm losing my salvation. Julia's losing hers, too. And then and my son's just <laughs> and we're running around the house, and we can't remember where we hid the binky. And he's always taking his brother's binky. Can I tell you, God hid you in his son, and he knows where to find you. When he looks at you, he doesn't even see you. He sees the blood and the sacrifice and the cross of Calvary and the resurrection of Jesus. Anybody thankful today that you've been hidden in Christ. Not only have you been seen, you've been hidden. You've been purchased. In other words, in your identity, you you have been purchased by somebody. In other words, you belong to somebody. You're not an orphan. You're not a widow. You're not off on your own. You belong to someone. God bought you. God purchased you. In the same way you go to a store and you purchase an item. God went to the cross and he purchased your life. He purchased you with the blood of Jesus. Watch how Peter puts it. Peter says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like a Visa card and like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers. But watch what it says. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You've been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful that Jesus spilled out his blood so that God could purchase your life? has this amazing story of Jesus. You know, he's, he's having a great time. He's ministering. He's doing his thing. He's walking on water, having wine. It was, used to be water. He's just loving life. And they come to Jesus and they start talking about taxes, which is April 15th coming up. I hate taxes, so do you. And they bring up to Jesus about taxes. Nobody wants to even God doesn't want to talk about taxes. And they said, Jesus, what do they say? What, 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 what should we do? They want you to pay taxes. And Jesus goes, man, I hate taxes. We're talking about taxes. Not a game, not a game, taxes. So all sports fans right there. And um, Jesus goes, this is what I want you to do. Go down to the river. Go get a fish. In the fish's mouth, there going to be a coin. Whoever's coin is inscribed on it, give it to him. If it's Caesar's inscription, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So in other words, watch what God's saying. Whoseever inscription is on it, that's who it belongs to. You have the inscription of heaven on your life. God, God bought you. He purchased you. You belong to him. You're not just seated up there in heavenly places. You're not just hidden in Christ, but you've been purchased by the blood of the lamb. And now, write down number four, you stand righteous before the Lord. Your identity is in him because you're righteous before God. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that we might stand before God and eat, no matter how many unrighteous things you've done, no matter what you've looked at or touched, no matter what you've smoked, doesn't no matter what you've done in your past, it doesn't matter any of those things, you stand righteous before the throne of God, not based upon your deeds, but based upon the cross and the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of God. Anybody thankful today that you're standing in the identity of God? Come on, give them some praise today if you believe that you are righteous because of Jesus. This is your identity. You might feel like God says something about you and you feel contrary to what he says. It doesn't matter what hell has said about you if God has said something greater about you. He's the greater authority. So it doesn't matter what the devil says, you're this, you're that. You know, I, I believe with all my heart people are what, what you say they are. If you tell a young that's why I tell my son, hey, you're so smart. You are so handsome. You are such a thief. He believes it. (laughs) God said, I've chosen you. I've called you. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're a son. You're a daughter. You are whatever I say you are because I paid the price for you to be hidden and purchased and redeemed. Come on. And righteous. My identity is not of my own. I have a new identity in Christ. Don't ever listen to the to the bark of Satan when you can hear the shout of heaven. Heaven shouting your identity. You are greatness. You are called. You are anointed. You are my son. You are my daughter. Don't make me preach. This is my identity. Doesn't matter whether the chip works or not. This is who I am. No one can rewrite your identity because God has sealed it for the day of redemption. This is my identity in Christ. And now because I have an identity in Jesus, because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, now because I have an identity, I know some things that he said that didn't make sense all the way back then, they begin to now make sense now. There's gonna be some things that God says over your life that make no sense today, but you keep walking and tomorrow they will. There's going to be some things, some dreams, some visions, some whispers, some unctions, some feelings, some thoughts, some ideas that God speaks to your heart. They might not make sense now, but just you keep walking, they're going to make sense in the future. You Write down two things and I'll explain it. In us, from us. In us, from us. I love these two thoughts. This is Jesus with his disciples and and he would do these things often that didn't make sense in the time, but now post-death, post-resurrection, uh, they make sense now. In us, John chapter 4, Jesus is at the well. He's, he's very thirsty. He's parched. He's, he's got cotton mouth. By the way, nobody looks cool with cotton mouth. Nobody's got swag with cotton mouth. Like Cotton mouth is just the form of just like, you, just, you let's just get this guy a drink. He's looking for a drink of water, and he refuses Arrowhead because Arrowhead water is from the devil. Amen. He's looking for smart water or generosity water, shameless plug, and, um, and he's looking for this water, and he actually goes up to a woman at this well, and technically, he's not supposed to talk to her, not because she's a female, but because of, because of where she's from. He says, woman, g- g- give me a drink. She begins to interact with him, and she's like, y- y- you know the rules, man. You shouldn't even be talking to me. And she's, He's like, I know. He's like, well, where's your husband? And she's like, well, you know, I don't have a husband. He goes, right, you've answered correctly. Because the one that you're with is, he's your boyfriend, you're living together. And well, you've had five husbands in the past. He gives her a word of knowledge. He begins to talk to her and he, he literally starts to talk about the living water that will come in her life. He says, you know, this water that you're serving from the well, the well of your forefathers, if you drink this water, this smart water, this arrowhead water, this will make you thirsty again. But the water that I give, if you drink it, you, you'll never be thirsty ever again in your life. Watch what he says, John chapter four. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The water that I give inside of you, in you will become a well of life. This water will become something in you. There's an in you. God wants to do something in you. At the time, it didn't make sense. What about three chapters later, John chapter 7? John chapter 7, Jesus continues on this whole water thought, but instead of talking about a well, watch what he does now. Now he talks about a river. Watch what he says, kind of the same idea. He says, he who believes in me. So he's still on a whole me kick. It's fine, he's God. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So the first one was, in you is a well. The second one is like, out of you will flow rivers. Of living water. I don't know if you've ever been on a river. I grew up in Washington. We have these rivers and I'm not really an REI, like outdoor guy, now an gene water bottle. I'm not that dude. Okay. But, but, but one day when I was younger, my father, he wanted to take our family on a, a, a river rafting trip. I don't even know how to call these things. River, is that what you call them? And so my dad, who is not an outdoors guy, he's more like a potato chips and ESPN guy. He's like, okay, family, we're going to go out and we're going to get on this. We're going to go ride the river. I'm seventh grade very muscular at the time and so uh we get onto the river it's my it's my sister she's in fifth grade at the time my brother's in first grade at the time my mom and my dad we get onto the river we're riding the river we're going down the river come on Jim we're riding the river in this in this something man past the sunflower seeds bro we're riding the river today I don't know where that came from and um so we're riding riding the river <laughs> that was pretty good I thought and um so, we're riding down the river, and, and i I never experienced this in my whole life. My dad's a very calm, very collective individual. We're riding down the river, we're having a good time, and while I admit, while we're on the raft, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> "Wow, the river is much quicker than I thought." This thing just keeps on going fast. And we're on, but we're having a good time. It's family stuff. We don't do this often, maybe once every few years. And so we're like, we're doing this. And um, it's a personal wound. And um, and so we're going down the river and it's fast. And all of a sudden we hear this, we, we, sorry, my counselor's working with me on this one. We hear this, we hear a, we hear a waterfall that even TLC couldn't even imagine. We we hear a we, this, this, it's just, it's ferocious. It's it's pounding the water. And we think, because it's around the corner, we think we are going off of the waterfall. It's it. It's over. Somebody played a cruel prank on us, gave us their boat. We're going to go over the, it's over for the Veach family. This is it. Sayonara. I've never seen my dad panic, ever. I've never seen, except for this moment. My dad began to panic. So, so it's, like, it's like when you're on a flight, I'm okay with turbulence. I'm totally fine i 'm okay as long as the stewardess is fine with turbulence i 'm okay if the stewardess freaks out i 'm losing my mind okay if dad lost his mind i 'm just i 'm all undone it 's just, ah, just i 'm losing my mind my little sister 's crying my little brother doesn 't know what to do he 's looking for a binky my my, my my mom she goes straight spanish not even spanish she 's just spanish espíritu santo espíritu santo Jesus, de todo, puz, de todo mundo, okay, so she's Spanish, we're going crazy, I just think, this is it, this is over, it's over, and I'll never forget my dad, we we somehow managed to, like, get the boat over against, like, to the trees, and now, so the river's so strong, and the current's so strong, we're up against these branches, so, like, the branches are, like, trying to keep our raft, but the, the river's trying to, it's just, it was all bad, when we finally made it to shore, and and walked, we walked around the, the, the thing, what we thought was the waterfall, it was actually... Actually, from on top, it was water coming down onto the river. It wasn't a waterfall anyways. Um, but, but I thought to myself, it's, 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 it's amazing the power of a river. Jesus is speaking in terms of there's something in you, a well of life. It's a river that's going to come out of you. Jesus, at the time when he says this, it might not make sense, but after he died for our sins, after he defeated the grave, when he rose from the dead, he begins to shape our identity and he begins to shape what comes out of us. And I'm telling you, the well and the river gather together in the promise of the Holy Spirit. In fact, you can write down number three, the the, the well and the river, they gather together in the promise of the Holy Spirit. And now you have power and you have purpose. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, for you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you dunamai the greek says you shall receive power jesus is saying to the guys watch the debrief he's saying guys wasn't that awesome i mean the last supper pita and hummus that was amazing and the washing and wasn't that great and judas we knew it and you know and then the death and um, Amen. you know the crowns and all that stuff and then when i went away and some of you didn't even believe i was going to get up but i got up and for 40 days he brings together and says guys don't leave jerusalem Don't leave the holy city, please. Just stay here, stay here, stay here. Because when when the Father sends the helper, when I send the Holy Spirit, by the way, the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of Jesus. He says, "The, the helper, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. By the way, these guys were so afraid for their life in this chaotic, confused city with so much tension in their religion. Remember, they just took away their Messiah. They just beat these guys down. They just made them go all over. The the Bible says these guys, because they're waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit, they get a hotel room on the eighth floor. They're in the hotel room with a little guitar and they're singing praises. And all of a sudden, while they're worshiping, the power of God falls in the room and the Holy Spirit shows up. And all of a sudden, there's a Well, inside of them, and there's a river that comes out of them. Anybody believe today in the power of the Holy Spirit and the purpose that comes from heaven? God did not come just to change your identity, but God came to give you purpose to your soul. Could you imagine if you lived this life walking around like, Whew, I'm seated, yo. I don't know what your seat is, but I'm seated. Oh, you ain't hidden? Y'all, I'm like mad hidden. Yo, that sucks for you. You didn't get purchased. Y'all been bought and bought and mad bought. Oh, you're not righteous? Y'all, I stand right. you mad righteous. Jesus did not come to only make your identity in him. But the brilliance of the grace message and the gospel of Jesus Christ why he debrief, debrief with them? Worship team, you can come. Why he debrief with them for forty days? What a debrief! I was satisfied last week when my flight got delayed and Julia and I got to have one breakfast together. Debriefing Easter, Jesus said, in order for you guys to really get this, I need forty days. I need forty days, forty days to say the way that we go forward in life now post Easter, post grace. Is that we will go forward preaching the gospel message and we will go forward demonstrating the power of this kingdom. That this is not a kingdom of words. Please hear me. What separates our religion is we are not all talk. We are not a people gathering around on Sundays talking about how to get better. Well, you, your anger issue can be healed in Jesus' name. We are not a kingdom of words. But Jesus died for our sins to declare to the world a kingdom of power. Ah! It bothers me. When people go I, I don't have purpose to my life. I, I don't I don't find purpose. God has such a purpose for your future. But the purpose for your future is not making money. Purpose for your future is not your success. The purpose from heaven is to declare to a lost, broken world that there is a God in heaven that loves you. There's a God that has a seat for you. There's a God that wants to make you righteous before Him. There's a God that loves you so much that He purchased you. And the only way that people will hear of this message is if there's people walking this planet and there's a, there's a well of water within them, and there's a river that flows out of them. Come on, anybody thankful today that there is the power and the promise of the Holy Spirit? Come on, there's a purpose. There's a meaning. Come on, stand to your feet today. Now I'm going to pray over our church father in the name of Jesus I thank you for every person that's here today I thank you oh God that you did not send your son only for our identity but I thank you that right now that there's a well within us I pray the well will go deep the water will run fluid I thank you God that there's a river that's coming out of this church and there's a river that's coming out of lives I thank you that out of us rivers of living water they're going to begin to flow a current so fast and a current so strong that even if If you try to stop it, the gates of hell will not prevail against the power and the demonstration of our God. I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you that there's purpose from heaven. God, thank you for those that have been aimless, those who've been wandering, those who've been looking for identity, those who've been looking for a meaning for existence. God, I declare, and we shout it from above, that there's purpose and there's power. God, you'd never call us to a purpose that you wouldn't supply the power to. I thank you that we can receive the power of the Holy Spirit.